Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Witness Docs from Stitcher. This is an historic time. This is going to be a multi-year fight. Why is it taking so long to get a screening test? It is not a hoax, it is real. Something that we have never experienced before. Wash hands, wash hands, wash hands. I mean, you're the scientist, you're going to have to tell me. Welcome, welcome to Science Rules Coronavirus Edition. I'm your host, Bill Nye, and this is the series that brings you the latest analysis and the science of this pandemic so we can keep you informed, prepared, and calm. We are all in this together, my friends. Even if you don't consider me your friend, we're still all in this together. We are closing in today on 100,000 COVID-19 deaths in the United States, but nearly every state is either reopening or is getting started in that direction. To open safely before we have a vaccine, we're going to have to take a lot of precautions, including something you're probably starting to hear a lot about, contact tracing. It's one of the vertices of the triangle, testing, tracing, quarantining. Contact tracing is a way to find out who is infected and to keep them separate from the rest of the people who might be healthy so that we can slow the spread of this pandemic. So here to explain this idea of contact tracing and how it works is Kelly Driscoll. She is the head of the Massachusetts Community Tracing Collaborative, a part of the state's COVID-19 command center. Welcome to Science Rules Coronavirus Edition. Thank you. So... This whole idea, it's just something you hear all the time. You hear this phrase all the time, contact tracing. We need contact tracing. That's what we need, contact tracing. What is contact tracing? Contact tracing is pretty old school public health. This is public health that's been done for ages, for uh, decades and centuries. Most commonly, it was done with measles and mumps, with tuberculosis and HIV AIDS. It is getting in touch with people that we have known cases of infectious diseases, finding out what their symptoms are, when their symptoms started and who they might have been around since, so that we can get our hands around who should be safely isolating and quarantined. So we find out who people have been in touch with, and we reach out to them and say, hey, you've been in touch with a known case. Uh, You should find a way to safely isolate. How do we help you get there? This disease is very sneaky and is jumping from person to person and often in asymptomatic ways. So in order for people to be able to protect themselves, their friends, and their family, we need to let them know they've been exposed and that they need to quarantine to protect others. So this seems to me a couple, there's a couple things about this. The idea, oh, all we got to do here uh, is find out what store you've been in and everybody who's ever been in that store. That'll be easy, piece of cake. So how do you do this? How do you trace the contacts? Right. So we have actually found as the contact tracing collaborative has stood up 
that um, contact tracing is easier right now than we thought it would be. And the reason is, um, in Massachusetts at least, there's been really effective social distancing. We built the system assuming 10 contacts per case. And what we found is the median actually has hovered below three, less than three contacts per active case right now. So if I were infected, you would expect me to come in close contact. And there's got to be a spectrum. Like you walk past somebody, that's one thing. You're downwind of somebody, that's one. <laughs> but you shake hands with somebody, that's when you get, and that person touches his or her face, that's when you get into trouble, right? So that is definitely part of it. And that's part of your ongoing chant of wash your hands. However, the way that the CDC uh, I, determines a close contact is anyone that is within six feet of you for more than 15 minutes. 15 minutes. That's quite a while. Yeah. 15 minutes. You're sitting, you're standing there talking to your buddy. Mm-hmm. You're out on the sidewalk. You're both walking your dogs and you're chatting and chatting for 15 minutes. And that's a contact. Yeah. That would be considered a close contact. So you would expect on average, a guy like me meeting somebody on the sidewalk would have come in this sort of contact with 10 people. Mm-hmm. But you're saying is only three people in Massachusetts. Yeah, between two and three per case right now. Uh, Governor Baker has um, issued phase one of the reopening of the economy as of last Monday. It's very restrictive. Social distancing and face coverings are part of all of it. But we are watching as more people go out into the community, as more businesses open, we anticipate there'll be more close contacts. Yeah. Okay, so hang on, hang on. So how do you do this? You have volunteers? They call people? What do you do? How how does this work? Sure. So the core of contact tracing happens at the local board of health level. These local boards of health have done this with the other diseases I mentioned, measles, mumps, TB, et cetera. So in Massachusetts, how many local boards of health are there? Great question. 351. We are the only state in the union that has completely decentralized local boards of health. But they, like us, have never seen anything in our lifetime like COVID-19. The scale and the explanation of cases is is just overwhelming. And so the state set up a contact tracing collaborative, which provides an additive resource to local boards of health to support them in contact tracing. So a case comes into the epidemiologic system of network, the local board of health either has the bandwidth to take it and do the contact tracing, or they don't that day. If they don't, they send it to the CTC and this army of contact tracers takes it on. So what exactly happens? Okay, so let's say, and right now, everybody, as far as I know, I do not have COVID-19, nor have I been exposed, but let's say I had, Mm -hmm. and I meet people on the street, we're walking our dogs, and we stand and chat within six feet of each other for 15 minutes. Now what happens? So if your friend that you chat with has a confirmed positive case, they go to their provider, they get the lab. The lab gets done. The lab enters the test into the system of record. In in Massachusetts, it's called MAVEN, the Massachusetts Virtual Epidemiologic Network, but every state has their own system of record that does contact tracing. And so the case comes into MAVEN and the local board of health um, will take it or get sent to the statewide community tracing collaborative. And at that point, it becomes a script-based system. I'm happy to walk through the script with you if you want. A script? So yeah. what do you call people on the phone? Yes, all of this is virtual. So when the phone rings and I don't recognize the number, I presume it's a call I might not want to answer, so I don't. Totally, yes. And so then do you leave a message at that point? So now we do. We've learned a ton of lessons in the past six weeks since this thing got stood up. Um, and one of them is uh, we are living in a cell phone age where people screen. I screen. Of course, other people yes, screen. Yes, yes. H- hello, I'm insane. I need to talk to Bill Nye right now. Exactly. Yeah. 
Have I need nice to know day. some science. Yeah. So um, a couple of things. We worked with telecom, so Verizon, AT&T, and whatnot, to get a single caller ID. It says mass COVID team. We have learned that we need to text in advance and say, hi, we're about to call you to talk about COVID. Um, we have learned that we need to leave messages if people aren't picking up and give a time when we would call back. So, hey, Bill, I'm calling from the Community Tracing Collaborative. I'll call you back in 20 minutes. Please answer. Um, and then we are also working with local media outlets in many different languages to get the word out about what this is and why it's important. So now I answer the phone. How many people answer the phone? Uh, our contact rate is around 60%, six zero. Of course, we would like to get that to 100%, but we are trying to build faith and trust in communities, especially hard to reach communities um, where English might not be the language of origin where um, people are afraid of the government for documentation status reasons or otherwise, um, and really trying to infuse trust in, in those communities so that they do answer the phone. Okay, so let's say they answer the phone. Now what happens? So now I go to my script. Hello, my name is Kelly, and I'm calling from the Community Tracing Collaborative. Can I confirm that I'm speaking with Bill Nye? Yes, yes, this is he. Thanks, Bill. Can you confirm your address and date of birth for me? Yes, 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 address, 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 yes, 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 yes. All right, you were recently tested for COVID-19, and your test result has come back positive, and we're calling everyone who has tested positive in the state to collect some information important for the overall state response to COVID. Do you have time to talk to me now? Well, I better if I'm infected. Heavens, I had no idea. <laughs> COVID-19 is extremely contagious and it spreads very easily through contacts. Luckily, most cases are mild or moderate. And Bill, it sounds like yours is. And most people don't need to be in the hospital. Some cases can get more serious and call pneumonia and breathing difficult. I'm not a doctor or a nurse and cannot provide you with medical advice. If you need additional information, please speak with your doctor. I then will ask you if you've talked to your doctor about your test results. In Massachusetts, the calls are coming from physicians to the patients. I'm not sure how it plays out for, across the rest of the country, but in general, that answer will be yes here. So what if people what if people are angry? I do not have it. I feel fine. There's no way I have it. You're crazy. I did not ever touch anybody. So I went on to what? What's the big deal? You suck. <laughs> I paraphrase. <laughs> Thank you for your feedback. Um, and, you know, in... <laughs> Uh, you know, I think in terms of that kind of combative nature, those cases would be escalated to a supervisor or somebody else that is able to de-escalate or the call would um, be over. You know, our goal is not to have combative or non-voluntary conversations. It really is helping people understand what their diagnosis means, how they can protect themselves and their family, and what to look out for moving forward with regard to symptoms. So how many people hang up and get furious? You know, I think a lot of it is community-based and kind of the culture within the community. I don't think that that is common. More people will just pick up the phone and just hang right up. It's not a, I'm telling you about your COVID and now you're hanging up on me. In general, it is someone that doesn't want to engage at all versus someone that chooses to engage and then gets angry about it. Okay, so in the worst case, mm. okay, I mean, here's the thing. In the best case, the people answer the phone. They go, thank you for the information. I'll contact my doctor. I'll get tested. Do you, Is there a responsibility on the person who, who talks to you politely and carries on, listens <laughs> carefully? Is that person then uh, asked to contact his contacts or her contacts? So part of the script, all right, Bill, I'm going to ask you to think about when your symptoms started. If you can think 48 hours prior to that symptom onset, who might have you been in close contact with? A close contact is someone that you've had 
over 15 minutes of time spent with six feet of that person. Like for me, it would be the people that are living in my household. Or if I went into the office that day, it might be someone that I, you know, had lunch with. What about the grocery clerk? That's less than 15 minutes, right? That's less than 15 minutes. And that is something that, you know, we're approaching as a cluster. So a grocery clerk, if, if he or she gets sick, likely the other people that, that he or she work with are close contacts and should um, also get tested. But not necessarily all the customers, Not necessarily. especially if the customers and the clerk are wearing masks. Not that masks solve everybody's problem, but they lower the chances somewhat. Right. Exactly. And a lot of grocery stores are putting that plastic up between the, the grocery clerk and the customer to even add another um, barrier. Some grocery stores are sterilizing everything um, in between each customer. So there are measures being taken to reduce the likelihood. Of course, with COVID, our response to everything is watch your symptoms, watch yourself. This thing is spreading so sneakily that there is no panacea. We have to kind of always be on guard. We'll be back right after this. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. So if just under two-thirds of the people Mm -hmm. answer the phone and you have a nice chat and enlighten them and get them to participate, is that enough? Is two-thirds enough? It's not 100%, but it is something. And like you said, it's one of the three key vertices of the triangle. And we're constantly trying to strengthen each vertice. We're trying to expand our testing and make that better in in so many different ways. We're trying to be able to provide safe isolation to those that have been exposed. That means not only for the housing insecure and homeless population, but also for people that could isolate at home, but how am I going to get food? How can we use the social safety net to do food delivery, prescription delivery, et cetera? And then tracing, we have to constantly improve there too. And as that triangle becomes more and more bright lined and, and cohesive, then that's enough. But, you know, every piece matters and every step matters and every contact made means that two or three people that they're close to 
will have a heads up that they need to self-quarantine and that could be saved lives. So hang on. I could imagine, you know, this expression we have now, robocall. Mm -hmm. I could imagine these are robocalls uh, and this would be automated and we'll call back in 20 minutes. Is that being used? No. So there are no robocalls. There are some tech solutions um, that Apple and Google have rolled out. There's kind of big, splashy contact tracing tech pieces that um, we're considering as a both and approach. But the baseline of contact tracing is a human to human endeavor. In West Africa, it's going village to village to squash Ebola. And in general, it is really the, the human interaction, knowing that disease plays out differently in different bodies, that inherent in this conversation is fear and trauma. And to be able to get someone to communicate with you and to really connect, you need to connect on a human to human level. What about privacy? Are people afraid they're an axe murderer or just a good cyber criminal? Privacy is incredibly important. No contact tracers should or will ever ask for your social security number or your health insurance information or your immigration status. So how many people do you have doing that in Massachusetts? Right now we have 1,600 people. Um, when the governor made this announcement alongside Partners in Health at his April 3rd press conference, by that weekend, we had 12,000 applications. So far, we've had 44,000 applications. People who want to participate, who want to help. Exactly. Wow. Yep. Is that enough? Is 1,600 enough? How many people do you want? To, do you need, rather? So we're watching closely. As contacts expand, the need for staff also will expand. Um, And so we're watching reopening and the impact that has on the number of cases and the number of contacts. We have the ability to flex up in staff. But again, the local boards of health remain the nucleus of this effort. And so what we are going to be adjusting to what they can take on and what they need. If you ask somebody to quarantine, do they? How many how many people who've been asked to quarantine don't quarantine? Sure. I just want to also draw a line between what isolation is and what quarantine is. Isolation is what is told to a positive case that they need to remain in isolation, which is kind of stricter parameters than quarantine. In isolation, if you have your own bathroom, which is a statement of privilege, but if you do have your own bathroom, we ask that you use it and that you do everything you can to stay away from everyone in your family or anyone that you live with. And then with quarantine, it's when you are a um, contact of someone that's a known case. And that means that you should stay home, should clean surfaces, but you can interact with those that you're living with. How many people refuse to do this when enlightened? You know, most, I I would say 95% of people um, are doing the right thing and are following the rules. There's always the 5% of people that take up 95% of our time. And um, for those people, we, you really try to push the public health angle of this is helping your friends and your family. This isn't just about you. This is about keeping other people safe. Um, And if need be um, in Massachusetts, the local board of health can issue a cease and desist order kind of mandating that someone stays in their home for an isolation period. I think fewer than 10 of those have been written since the onset of the disease. Fewer of 10 people in a commonwealth with millions of people. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there's a fair amount of social pressure to do the right thing here because it really is, everyone is relying on each other and we all are in this together. Let me ask you this. Sure. How does the next step go? This is to say, you've called somebody on the phone who's positive. Mm -hmm. You've read them the thing about you're positive, we want you to quarantine or isolate depending on the level of severity. How does a conversation go with the people with whom they've been in contact, the next level? Right. So so in our conversation, I'd say, hey, Bill, who have you been, who were you in close contact with? And I'd describe what a close contact is. 
um, for two days prior to your symptoms, you'd give me a list. It probably is, you know, people that you live with or anyone that you t- you're very close to and you've spent time with. And I say, I please have their phone numbers. Assuming that you go along with it, I explain why it's important so that they can know so that they can quarantine and protect themselves and their families. All of contact tracing is person-centric so that the case identifies who the next level of orbit is there. Orbit's a good thing. Imagine concentric circles. Exactly. Right? Yes. Around a person who's infected. You you talk to somebody who's infected mm-hmm. and you ask them to quarantine or isolate. Where do they go? Safe quarantine and isolation is a huge problem, especially for people that don't have a lot of space where they live, whether they have two families in a single apartment or are college kids and they're all living together. Um, and so um, while we would hope that everyone could isolate in their home, we know that that is a total position of privilege. And so we need to come up with systems to support other safe isolation. Massachusetts has set up a system of shelter hotels where they've rented either a floor or the entire hotel in a day's in or a holiday in. Um, and those are open to people that can't safely quarantine at home, whether because they're homeless or housing insecure, um, or anyone that's on Mass Health, which is the state Medicaid system, um, can go to these isolation hotels and safely isolate. They're staffed with nurses, there's food delivery and other supports. So do you have in your script uh, dealing with conspiracy theories? We don't. Um, in general, you know, we, again, this is a, a voluntary system. We're not forcing people to talk to us. We are trying to imbue the inherent public health value and what it means um, for themselves, their family, their community, their grandparents. There, there's a lot of misinformation out there. You know, people act in a trauma-based environment, which we're all living through right now. We're in a collective trauma and people act out in different ways. And I think that generates some misinformation and, and real fear that can perpetuate itself, especially in certain social media bubbles. Our job is to ask very straightforward questions, trying to get to the heart of who these people are, what their symptoms are, when their symptoms began, and who might have been in touch with them during their symptomatic phase. Really, because the the faster and the easier that we can get to those people and their contacts, the sooner that we can reopen the economy, the sooner that we can please all these people that are so frustrated with what's going on right now and don't trust what's going on. So if you were in charge, Mm. what would you do? So um, if I could wave a magic wand, I would want everyone to be talking about contact tracing as a critical pillar here, as something that helps um, not only us get our hands around this disease, but could save the lives of the families, your community, your grandparents, your teachers. This is um, all of us in this together, and we need to be talking about it as importantly as testing um, and the other social supports. Contact tracing, everyone. Our guest today has been Kelly Driscoll. She leads the Community Tracing Collaborative for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Now, if you're out there and you'd like to join the conversation, please leave us a voicemail. Tell us about your experience with this pandemic. Do you remember voicemails, everybody? The beep, the tone, the hang-up? 201-472-0785. That's 201-472-0785. We are all in this together. There's nobody who is not involved in fighting this pandemic. It is a pandemic. It's worldwide. So now more than ever, the science of public health, the science of pandemics rules. 
Now, if you like Science Rules, Coronavirus Edition, and I hope you do, please take a moment to rate and review it in Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. It helps us out. It helps other people learn about the show. It helps us tailor the show to what you want to hear. Thank you. Now, Science Rules, Coronavirus Edition, is a production of Witness Docs from Stitcher. The show is produced by Harry Huggins and Corey S. Powell. Our editor, once again, is Tracy Samuelson, and our engineer, again, is Luz Fleming. He also mixed this episode. Peter Clowney is our executive producer. Special thanks to Casey Halford. Chris Bannon is the chief content officer here at Stitcher. And at Stitcher, now more than ever, science rules. And one more thing, everybody. No, wait, it's three more things. Trace your contacts, trace your contacts, trace your contacts. got enough to do already? I do. That's why I use Ship Same Day Delivery to keep up with my busy life. They know the snacks I like down to the extra creamy in my peanut butter. I can get deliveries at home, on set, or even when I'm away on vacay. And my personal shopper, Amber, she's got my back. As in, she asks them to check the back if it's not on the shelf. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at ship.com slash high.